Hello, I'm Joe Hilliard, and this is where Aislinn Campbell normally introduces herself. But if she were here, I know she'd tell you that you're about to hear a very special episode. This is our first episode where we go out to eat with friends and then bring them into the studio to talk about it. The closest we've ever really gotten to dinner around the table. Now, bringing two guests in stretched the limits of my audio abilities. And I will admit that this audio is a little different than normal. More stories about the audio, where's Aislinn, we'll do that all next week on Unanswered Questions. Now, this is where Aislinn would probably say, if you'd like to learn more about us or a little bit more about the podcast, we suggest you go back to episode one, learn everything you need to at dinnertabletalks.com, pull up a chair, a brand new chapter of Dinner Table Talks is served. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dinner Table Talks. I'm Aislinn Campbell, and of course, I'm with... Joe Hilliard. Hello, Joe Hilliard. This is a really exciting night because I have been talking about this kind of on and off for the last few weeks about a new thing that was coming in 2020, and now it is here. I have with us our good friends, Ian and Monica O'Keefe, and they welcomed us to dinner last night and they are here to talk to us tonight we're gonna do some dinner table talking with friends at the table hi ian hi monica hello hello hi oh my gosh now how how do we know these people well well yeah i like to think that that we have the responsibility of of you two being together oh oh Sure. Y'all wouldn't have the come good and the bad if, of all of that. If, uh, <laughs> the, the world, the world. Thanks you. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, okay, no, let's see. So I know Aislinn that you met Monica at a book club yes. that she hosted, yes. which was like the best book club ever. Yes, it was. It was the uh, and beverages. And beverages. Ooh, yes. Well, right. okay. And so here's the thing. Like I was getting to know you. I was getting to know some of the friends that were coming around for like, I w- we were doing the, the seven day movie and whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we were out at maybe one of the Hustle Rock events you were doing or involved in. And there were like either flyers or bookmarks or something laying around on the table. And they were this cute woman with this curly hair and these cute little glasses drawn in and there was inviting people to a book club and i was like i don't know who this is but this is cute and i want to know what it is and so i showed up at a book club and it was monica's but that's where i met monica and ian basically right we met at the city diner and it was the book room room that's right (laughs) and i did and i read that book and i don't read so (laughs) that was a fun time yeah and ian you drew that right that that was your graphic design yeah i i drew the the girl it was sort of modeled after uh, monica and her cat eye glasses yeah um i made the bookmarks i printed them and cut them at the time uh i had a a business that did uh graphics and printing and, and this is our creative friends. And I know, Ian, that you disappointed me when Uh-oh. you retired oh, yeah. from your kick-ass taco blog, Tacotopia, which has the my favorite t-shirt maybe of all time. Well, <laughs> I, I never officially uh, actually retired, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't done a, an entry in probably four years now. Oh, but, wow. But what was it? It had a whole thing. You would go every... Tuesday? Uh, yeah, I tried to post on Fridays. I tried to keep it weekly. And uh, I would go to a uh, local taqueria and review the tacos. But really, it was a prism by which I could talk about other things. But you had, like, a, a methodology. You would try the same two tacos. If I recall, I was, how did it work? Two ta- These two tacos would tell you everything you needed to know. Yeah, I was trying to establish a scientific baseline, so... I would uh, have a chorizo and egg and a carne guisada. Mm. I uh, want to put a pin in this because I want us to come back to this all together at some point. Like go have breakfast tacos okay. and then come back and talk about tacos. <laughs> we uh, should talk about tacos all the time. And when Aislinn walked in last night to y'all's condo right on our beautiful Ocean Drive, you should see this view. Mm-hmm. Aislinn asked a question that sums everything about Ian up. You asked Ian last night, did you make an iTunes playlist for tonight? Yeah, did you make a playlist? Uh, I, I think I said, uh, well, it's very complicated. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, that, that describes... Go deep. But he did. Like, but he yeah. did have Go deep. Yeah, Your iTunes yeah, playlist is... Yeah, I have a series of cascading uh, iTunes smart playlists. All the, all the songs are rated, uh, and they, they eventually feed into... But he also knows his audience. Well, so I, I rate the songs when I listen to them, and 
So this was out of five stars. I had fours and fives. Uh-huh. But then I went through and I called out the the songs that I didn't think were appropriate for the night. Yeah, so... This took hours. Uh, no, no. That's the joy of the, the complicated system. He's good at uh, it. <laughs> I, I have all these fours and fives. So out of, you know, 90,000 songs, I probably have 20,000 that are rated. Of those 20,000, probably 5,000 are fours or fives. I pick out... Remember that you asked. Oh, no, no. I I, I wanted to go deep. But we've had, with Monica and Ian, uh, a bunch of food connections throughout that decade. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It's not like that this was something that was just created for tonight so that we could do something for the podcast. We've been to your house for meals. We've shared food. many meals. Yeah, yeah. We found out after I discovered this cute girl with the curls book club and they knew you guys, we discovered we actually lived down the street from each other. Back in the days of the Facebook world, you might have posted that you had your kitchen had been torn apart or something like that. Yeah. How How long ago was this? Eight years ago, like that was our first friend interaction, you know, and right. our uh, kitchen was totally gutted the floor. There was no plumbing. There was nothing. And you brought over like a casserole. Yeah, exactly. And, and then uh, Ian, we've been over to y'all to you guys house for I, I think we've been twice corned beef on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Ian O'Keefe. And <laughs> uh, so as you may have guessed, uh, I'm Irish and growing up. On St. Patrick's Day and and special holidays, my family would always do what's uh, called a New England boil, corned beef and cabbage. Makes his own horseradish butter. Uh Uh-huh. And we got invited to that dinner with lots of friends. Now, Monica, it seems like I know you cook with local food. I know that food ingredient quality is super important to you. Well, it's still relatively new within like the last five to seven years where I've learned to cook seasonally. And I didn't realize how delicious it was. Mm -hmm. So, yes, when I cook, I use good ingredients. And also, I tend to use all of it. I can't stand to waste it. When you know the man who has picked the romaine, Uh I'm not letting that spoil. You guys are always up for the guinea pigs of like, yeah, you want to try something? So you want to have a dinner table talk guest? So we we want to do that. Yeah, in the dinner club. We did like a little supper club. Yeah, yeah. We did a new New England boil. Uh Uh-huh. But really, Ian. Well, and that's so the talent. So we get to have creative food experiences together. And so at the end of 2019, I started thinking I'd like to get people on the show. And actually, someone asked, like, I don't remember who, but someone said, I want to be on the show. And I said, we're coming up with some ideas to do it. And I thought, first of all, I knew that Monica and Ian were were listening to the podcast. They were they found it interesting. And I knew that Ian had an interest in doing podcast type of things or, you know, some background in that. And so I thought, hmm, food, interested in podcasts. All right. Yeah. You guys want to do this thing for us. Let us try it out. And the idea and then, was we'd go to their home. They'd yes. cook us a meal. Yes. I invited myself to yeah, dinner it, at your house. It's a badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this thing is beginning to pay off. <laughs> Will you please feed us, and then we'll come back to our the studio, uh-huh. our living room, <laughs> the next day today, and talk. And we'll create the about podcast. the meal. And yeah. I want to get right into it. We show up, right? And... Well, before we showed up, oh, we got right. something in the mail. You're right. What did we get in the mail? <laughs> we got a hand calligraphied invitation to dinner in the mail, like with a stamp. Snail mail. Snail mail. Yes, yes. And that's another passion of yours, Ian, is yeah. calligraphy and design. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like hand lettering. When I was a little kid... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I saw you uh, chopping your neck. No. So well, I just wanted to say how the invitation came about. Uh-huh. Because just like with the ratatouille that we'll talk about, the idea was mine. Uh-huh. I would like to send a handwritten invitation. Uh-huh. So that it's a little not more basic. Dinner. Yeah, it's, it's a not dinner. Basic. Uh huh. So that, but then <laughs> no he basic. executes. Yeah. Well, that's actually, I listen to y'all a lot. Y'all crack me up. And actually, we're like this a lot too. I'm like, I have this great idea. Now I need you to do all the work. <laughs> yeah. The story of my life. I think this might be a trend in the, in the uh, episode. We're very, very smart, capable women. We find creative men that help us do the things we want to do. <laughs> So we walk in. And we were asked to bring over a, a bottle of wine. You bring the wine, uh-huh. bring the salad dressing, yeah. and then bring knives. Right. Well, knives, what? And huh? we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, two weeks ago, we talked about charcuterie, and of course, there was a beautiful charcuterie there. Will you tell us a little bit about it? If I remember, because 
it's a regular occurrence and whatever is uh-huh. what I have yeah. is what is out. You guys, will, you guys will do a plate like that often. Yeah. Which yes. is what we talked about when we talked about it two weeks ago. It's basically like what things you have in your fridge that come out. Yeah, yeah. Charcuterie is Monica's jam. <laughs> <laughs> and there's jam on Monica's charcuterie. There's jam on the charcuterie. Yeah. I mean, it is my when I'm going to bring something. Uh-huh. That's what I'll put together. Yeah. And when you're a farmer's market shopper, it's good. To, it's it's kind of easy to pull together a charcuterie. Well, yeah. they, had a, they had a main dish. Yes. And then they had a big side dish. Where do right. we go first? Because flip a coin, they were both awesome. Well, tell us about the short ribs. Yeah. Okay, so the short ribs. Yeah. There's nothing like a good short rib. And it's my go-to special occasion uh-huh. meal. And everything that could go wrong with it went wrong yesterday. Oh, no. And usually, I mean, it's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I used... White wine instead of red wine. We no, didn't so know we didn't know the difference, yeah, but no. you were doing that host thing and yeah. good friend host thing where it's like, are these okay? Are these okay? No, be real with me. No, for real. You won't hurt my feelings. Right, because what? also, I usually get my short ribs from my favorite butcher, uh-huh. Moody's Meats. Uh-huh. But I've listened to the podcast and you're kind of meat snobbish. <laughs> no way. <laughs> is that what it is? Does yeah. it come across yeah. that way? For sure. I mean, I love a good meat snob. Uh-huh. So I got... The, Ian. <laughs> I went to the farmer's market and I got uh-huh. the, the no bullshit beef uh-huh. short ribs. But they were not as short as what I'm accustomed to. They were long ribs. They were longer <laughs> ribs and thicker. Uh-huh. So... I had to use a bigger pot. It took longer to brown them. They absorb liquid differently. How do you, I, I've not made a short rib. How do you make a short rib? Like what's Well, the... this was braised. I started with the celery, carrots, prosciutto. Everything good starts with bacon grease. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how you knew <laughs> Kinda it was Kind of have good. to agree. <laughs> um, I Googled the other day, on how long is bacon grease good in the refrigerator? You know, because sometimes you just have, you have to know question. the answers to yeah. these questions. <laughs> the answers was like anything from six months to forever. I forever can't be real because it's an animal <laughs> fat. Whose bacon mean, grease lasts six months? <laughs> right. uh, that's a good point. <laughs> good point. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that it'll it'll go rancid after a certain amount of time, but I've, I've never observed uh, that phenomenon makes it that long yeah Yeah, it doesn't make it that long so bacon bacon grease right you know braised them then added chicken stock and crushed tomatoes and tomato paste and then because i don't usually drink wine Mm -hmm. i just went to heb and grabbed a boxed wine Uh uh-huh and thought it was like Merlot or... Yeah, because yeah, Joe's question was, how did you pick up a white wine when you were buying a red wine? Well, in a box. I just picked up a carton. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you were going to dump this whole box into your... Right. So uh-huh. when I poured, I did not do a gentle pour. I, I was committed. Once once I started pouring, I was committed. And you... Did you freak out? Once I was committed, I was just like, low and slow, how bad is it going to be? Yeah. I mean, even if it's bad, it's going to be good. And it was. And it was really good and tender and delicious. Now, I didn't know the difference. Like, I thought it was amazing and delicious and didn't... But you you said... you're going to be the judge. You have the expert of that. Like, what was the difference in taste to you? Oh, of the short rib? Will you use a white wine in the future? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit more tangy. I think the red wine, it's a more rich flavor you you asked several times is it tender is it tender and it was very tender and it pulled right off the bone well having had the dish before last night's was good it's it's not as good as when she's making it with uh what she's accustomed to making it with oh you don't think so no so we have to be invited back yes uh, uh, handwritten imitation not necessary uh-huh. okay uh-huh. Well, <laughs> do over yeah. he said um she's played this song before but she's just playing it with a different guitar right yeah and i was like yeah oh oh yeah that makes perfect sense that's exactly right. that comes from a musician by the way that that wording that thinking <laughs> i looked over and noticed that you were slow cooking these in a um a le crusette pot yes and it's a big one yes i have one of those but mine's a little bit smaller, and it came from your grandmother. Yeah, when 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 we have houses that for whatever reason there's a need to uh, to like collect the stuff out of it, we our go to stuff is the kitchen stuff. Like we right. go through and get all the best kitchen utensils. It's a lifelong. <laughs> it's a lifelong. It, I will pass it to my son. Yeah, I have 
I think mistakenly, I think I learned something last night, and that is that I'm mistakenly holding this Le Creuset pot more dear than I should be because I'm not using it. That's a sin. Like, like, <laughs> like that's a nice piece of something that I don't want to ruin. That's something your mom taught you. Like, You're absolutely. Like, let me buy these beautiful and amazing and expensive things, but never use them. Yeah. It is built I, to I think be you're used. Right. Yeah. And... Having having listened to your podcast, I know how much you value a cast iron skillet. Oh, Just yeah. I use it every day. Think of it as a cast iron skillet with enamel on it. But I noticed that last night it had some cooked on goodness. Does it clean up well? Totally. I was worried. It gets white again? Ian got it totally clean. I was overwhelmed with the char around because those ribs really soaked up. I wasn't used to them also soaking up so much liquid. Uh-huh. Were you adding more liquid as you went? I usually don't, uh-huh. but then the smell changed from really scrumptious to just a tinge. I smell just a tinge of something, and Ian saved it. Yeah, yeah, it, it cleaned up fine. It, it looks like it's brand new. Okay. We got ours from Aislinn's grandmother when it was time for her kitchen to be cleared out. How did you get yours? Uh, she got hers because uh, I was uh, an inconsiderate jerk, <laughs> and I needed a way to apologize, and I, I know... I know which uh, which buttons to push. <laughs> when he came home with this Le Creuset, I knew then he knew me. I mean, <laughs> I knew then it wasn't this flowers. Was it wasn't flowers. Oh, it was one of those things candy. where a flowers might be appropriate. Right. But Even jewelry. Oh, oh. He, I mean, Upgrade. yes, yes. And he came home. I with, was very upset. He came home with. He came home with a, with a great pot. A Le Creuset. That's genius. I mean, yes, and <laughs> instantly forgiven. Instantly forgiven. I I love that it has a story uh-huh. and will last forever. Okay, well, so okay, now so we're yeah. looking at the short ribs. We're looking at the yes. short ribs. We can see the short ribs. Yes, little they were did, good. Little they did were we excellent. know that there was a second something there that was, was something in the water. Beautiful coming out, and what so was it? they pull out a beautiful cast iron skillet and set it up on the table. And I go, Ah, oh, it's beautiful. It's this ratatouille yeah, winter we ra- winter ratatouille. ratatouille. We'll have to post some pictures because it was really so beautiful. It was laid out where you can see kind of the red and the purple and the green, and it's perfectly surrounding the the cast iron. But I asked immediately, did you use a mandolin? So tell us how you make, tell us what's in it. What's a ratatouille for those that may not know and, and your technique? Well, this one that we did last night, it was, what, uh, potatoes, butternut squash, uh, green squash, eggplant. Mm -hmm. It was like a, not a gourd. Oh, yeah. Was it a pumpkin? I don't know. She got the vegetables. I was just there. Was it at the farmer's market? Mm -hmm. It starts with an R. It's green. It's about this big. It looks like a zucchini, but it's bigger and round, not long. Huh. Interesting. Well, it was delicious. Mystery. <laughs> Whatever it was. The mystery squash. You're slicing yeah. up those ingredients you just listed. Yeah. And then, then uh, shuffling them together like cards. Alternating. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So as with your invitation, <laughs> the ratatouille is my idea, but Ian is the execution. <laughs> so he slices and I provide him with whatever vessel i would like him to arrange them in uh-huh. with direction right so i'm um I'm he's, a, he's your sushi. he's the talent yeah. <laughs> okay so what chef. was remarkable is that when i made ratatouille uh, the slices were about a quarter inch thick your ratatouille yesterday was paper thin and yesterday i did use mandolin uh, but the you know, we had done a ratatouille midsummer and i, I love had, that movie <laughs> midsummer yeah yeah, there, there was a lot of cutting up of things in that movie. <laughs> we, we, we'll come back to that, but we did talk about Midsummer as well. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but you had made one before? Yeah, I, we made one uh, over the summer, and I cut everything up just with a knife. And what was in that one compared to the winter one? Yellow and green zucchini, tomato, green pepper, eggplant, onion, you know. Pretty seasonal. July but, stuff. Yeah, but um, the interesting thing is it's oh, been such a nice... It's been such a nice warm winter and we had, and it was such a long hot summer that you can do a ratatouille twice this year because we still are growing eggplants and we still have squash and So you nice. take all the vegetables that are available, slice them, I mean paper thin, 
that kind of knife work. You had said, I had mentioned at the beginning, if you want to bring some knives over to sharpen, I'd be glad to do it while I'm here. Because that's another, I mean, you're, you're like a hobbyist. <laughs> Your hobby is having hobbies. Yeah, I, I, I like to work with my hands. Uh-huh. I like to do things that, that uh, I can look at after I'm done. And your graphics business was called Whetstone. Yes. Because you enjoy... Sharpening knives, yeah. yeah. Uh, my grandfather in Arkansas, uh, when I was six years old, he gave me a pocket knife and a little whetstone. And the best whetstones come from Arkansas. They're Arkansas stones. And so having grown up in Arkansas, I, I wanted a name that reflected that part of my childhood and upbringing as this podcast evolves we talk about kitchen tools and kitchen technique and i am was shot i was kind of embarrassed to take the knives over i just i just brought our two i brought the uh what you know but knives better than i do what would you call the two styles of knives that i brought a chef's knife and yeah. a santoku what is it a santoku Santoku. Santoku, Aislin, come on. And I, it was These are unanswered questions, It was nicked. It was, I have never professionally sharpened it. One of the, the the tiny piece of tip had been broken off because children in the, in the house handle our knives. And please don't take that any wrong way. They're they're grown up children. (laughs) Don't tell us what to do. And knives are meant to be used. And so it never bothers me to see a knife that's taken a little bit of abuse. But here, um, have you gotten a chance to look at your... I hadn't. I hadn't. You handed them back to me. Well, I, I, I want you to take a look, especially at the Santoku that, that had the broken tip. Well, and it interesting was that uh, Ian did message us and told us to bring the knives over yeah. after he had listened to us, listened to the podcast where we talk about cutting your onions with a good knife. Right. So that you don't break the enzymes. Well, you got to have a good knife to do that with. And that broken tip, he's completely... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And I don't want to even put my finger on that. Uh, yeah, you edge. be careful. Yeah. That is beautiful. Thank you. Look Thank at that. You. Well, so uh, Monica handed me the recipe over here. You said you you like to cook seasonal. You like to cook with what you get at the farmers market. So you change things up. But in this one, it's tomatoes and a small onion, some garlic, some tomato paste, sage. I saw some sage on top of it. That was real pretty. Rosemary, thyme, butter, olive oil. This one says dry white wine. So did you use dry white wine on this recipe? Yeah. Yes. She used uh-huh. red wine, weirdly, in this one. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the, the layers are zucchini and rutabaga was That's what you were what trying to think of. Yes. Rutabaga. Uh, and then a butternut squash. And then, of course, some herbs and some Parmesan cheese, maybe. And I did put Parmesan cheese. And then I added the red potato and onion. Yeah, it was delicious. And eggplant. Is that how y'all eat? Is that pretty typical? It is typical of a special occasion. Any weekend that we have together without social activities, our activity is cooking and eating and watching movies. I grew up in a family who planned their lunch and dinner while we were cleaning up from breakfast. Oh, yeah. I think I did, too. <laughs> we, I mean, clearly, dinner table talks, you know, food is entertainment in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, so whose job is what? If you've listened at all, you know that I do 95% of in front of the stove, in front of the oven, prep, blah, blah, blah. I can make a, a salad. Come on. Aislinn <laughs> is the inspiration for the meal, typically. I'll say, hey, I've got chicken and radishes and whatever. And then she'll come up with the recipe and then I'll execute. And then she'll, I'll po- ask her to pop in to kind of tweak. What is y'all's thing? Like, how do y'all do that dance? Because I'm sure with corned beef, it's 100% you. And I'm yeah. sure with short ribs, it's 100% you, Monica. It's it's changed a lot over the years. So it used to be Monica would, would be the person in the kitchen 90% of the time. And then I would do the cleanup. Uh, and then over time, like, uh, my diet has changed. I've uh, lost uh, weight. And a lot of that has to do with uh, what I'm eating. So I do a lot of cooking for myself. And she does a lot of cooking for herself. But she also, she has a business. And one of the fringe benefits of being one of her employees is she does cooking uh, at her business for Yeah. Every time I walk into the office and it smells like the thing that you've cooked for everybody. Yeah. When Ian went on a special eating plan and my son left the house, I still liked to cook. And especially for people that appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So at work... The girls were not turning down yeah. homemade meals that's fresh, local, more healthy, less expensive. And I'm not losing productivity. Because they're hanging around. And it, it is communal. It oh, yeah. gives a sense of team 
when they're cleaning up after or everybody's invested yeah. and prefers a home-cooked meal. It's like dinner table talks at work. It is. It <laughs> yeah. Is. You, got, you got your teenagers. No, you got your staff around the table. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. I mean, we clearly, we think the table is a pl- an important place and, and good food. Even, and, and we hadn't mm-hmm. even sat down for a few minutes when Ian asked, I thought, a fantastic question. And that was, Joe, you don't talk about movies on the podcast. Yeah. And I don't. I will. And Aislinn, you brought up last night. I will point people to the fact that there's another podcast called Beer and a Movie that I'm a co-host of with two other great guys. So I think that I, I actually mentioned, I think that what happens is, is that we start because you and I watch movies like we, we, oh, yeah. we are into movies, but you, we start talking about the movie. We mention it real quick. Like we talked about Jojo Rabbit a little bit. We talked about Jaw a little bit. Here but the then podcast. all of a sudden, yeah. But then all of a sudden you're like, and see and hear about that on Beer in a Movie. But, well, but should, we talk about mo- should I talk about movies more? Well, it's just part of your routine. It's part of, I mean, when I defined Ian and I as a couple, what we do, we watch movies. Yeah. And eat good food. Yeah. And read books and listen to music. but And so then, of course. So it's a big part of your relationship. Right. Yeah, it we is. watch a lot of movies. We do. I still get Netflix on DVD in the mail. Like, I mean, it's, we watch. They still yeah, have it. They still have it. <laughs> I've got two DVDs at any point that I could pull out and watch. Yeah. Um, yeah I like that because they're paid for and they're over there in the drawer. And uh, I think right now in the house is a Bong Joon-ho movie because he directed Parasite, the best movie of 2019. And I'm going back to watch his old stuff. And and Bong Joon-ho is the one who re- watched Jaw, And we talked about that too. We, t- we right. did talk about movies last night after that subject came yeah, up. Yeah. Should we talk more movie stuff? I mean, is there room for that? Well, I I think there's room for it. I mean, the reason I brought it up is because movies is something I tend to associate with you. Uh, You were on another podcast before. The Movie Hour. The Movie Hour. Yeah. And uh, that thing like shot like a star for a bright, bright period period of time. You guys went on a trip or something? Yeah, we went. That was the, the ultimate adventure in the movie hour. Which is when podcasts kind of first came out. I don't know how we got into them early. We got somehow we got wow. onto iTunes watch list in the movie film category, which means that everyone clicks on you. And we got in with a bunch of studios and they were sending us screeners. We felt so big time. <laughs> And we got invited to movie premieres, but we were a nothing. We were three guys. We didn't have a budget or an office or, you we know, still have income. That postcard. You sent out a postcard to people who did something. How funny. And we still have that on the I know. I know that we got a billboard on the digital billboard. Wow. I but, want one of those. But anyway, um, <laughs> we got invited to, to several premieres, and we always said no because we can't afford to do that. But we got invited to the premiere of Inglorious Bastards yeah. in L.A. And got to... No, and that's one of our favorite movies that we always talk about. Not walk the red carpet, about. but be yeah. a critic in the audience where, where the red carpet had been walked. Uh-huh. And we, hell yeah, we we sprung and went to L.A. Well, and, and you were, saw you were Harvey, part of saw the... Harvey Weinstein from about 12 feet away. Oh. <laughs> Things have changed. Yeah. Well, shush, it happened. <laughs> Things have changed. Thank okay. goodness. You want to stay at least 12 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> and, gonna... you, and, and you interviewed, uh, what's his name? We interviewed Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Waltz. Yeah. We interviewed Eli Roth. We interviewed Christoph um, Waltz. Though was like a yeah. genius after that movie. Yeah. So to, to when I met you and you told me you'd met Christoph Waltz, yeah. I was like, oh I, come on. I shared a cigarette with Melanie Laurent. Wow. I don't even really smoke cigarettes, so that was kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> what? Back cool. then, you were smoking cigarettes, buddy. Uh, when, when Melanie Laurent <laughs> wants to smoke a cigarette with you, you smoke a cigarette. And you anyway, say, you say we. And we. Then, yeah, yeah, we. We, we. So then we came home, said we're never going to be able to duplicate that. We're never going to monetize this thing, and we quit that podcast. But now, beer in a movie is a place to get movies. But yeah, oh, I'll bring a little more movie talk into the show. I love it. I think we definitely should. So um, now, one of the conversations that came up at kind of at the beginning of the dinner table night was that we have over the last few weeks brought up a topic that Joe and I are getting married next year. We have a lot of creative friends and we want our friends to be involved. And so we have different friends that are going to do different things to do their participation in helping us with the event. And Monica says, she says, yeah, I want to know, well, like, what are we going to do? We, how do we get involved? And I volunteered Ian's calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, we start talking about the invitations. And she says, what about the calligraphy? Well, then as soon as I, you know, dong, you know, uh, over the top of my head. Yes, of course, Ian, will you help us with the invitations? 
And then one other thing in his list arsenal, my God, an arsenal of all the things Ian can do that are amazing. He's going to sharpen all of our knives. Oh my God. (laughs) He does this great chalkboard art and makes beautiful chalkboard art. And of course can do his calligraphy and stuff like that in a chalkboard too. So I'm asking Ian and Monica if their contribution to our wedding is to help us out with those things. And I'm happy to do it because I'm legendarily cheap. And this way I don't have to buy a wedding gift. This is perfect. That is perfect. It's exactly right. And I said to Monica last night, the way that we can have a wedding and invite all the people we want to invite and invite all the people that would want to be there is to have our friends contribute. Uh, And their gift to us for the wedding is to help us put on this wedding. And Monica, you taught me a new word that others use. So it's padrinos, padrinos. Padrinos. Very good. Padrinos. So <laughs> that's the Chicago in you. <laughs> the South Texas is padrinos. <laughs> right. There you got it. Um, in Mexican, our Mexican family and uh-huh. others that I know, you basically get a sponsor. Like aunt so-and-so is going to do the rosary and aunt and uncle so-and-so is going to get the guest book and somebody you know these cousins are going to get the photographer and and it's basically a family event that's sponsored yeah and at the event then there's an MC that thanks you know the couple uh-huh. thanks uh-huh. everybody who helped and it's in the program you Love know it. everybody gets their notoriety like they helped with yeah and it's in print you know the thank you and so and so sponsored the DJ and that's how that, we do it. Well, and I am I can't imagine actually, I can't imagine a Joe and Aislinn wedding that didn't look a little like that. You know, and all the friends that we have that do so many amazing things and so creative that well, I learned that we hope from that you. You, all the all the padrinos out there yeah. are, are are calling out to us now to Especially to, you listeners in Virginia. <laughs> Virginia is for lovers. Um, you taught me that, Aislinn. What did I teach you? This the concept like this, c- community Communal, in instead community. of wallet out. Yeah. Let's all be involved and let's all contribute our part. I will tell you this. Last night when Monica brought this up, and Monica brought it up and, and asked, what can we do to help? Yeah. We didn't have an answer. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. What, how how do you want to yeah. help? And you, Monica, had a list in your mind already. <laughs> And Ian is sitting over there going, whatever yeah. you say, love. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I It clicked at that uh-huh. moment. Like uh-huh. last night, it clicked for me yep. that it's not a hat in hand weirdo thing. Yeah. Because it's certainly not how I was raised. A, completely, a, a way that I'm not interested in recreating. I love it. I don't know how I, I had that. never I like, did that heard once. of it before. Like that's exactly Padrino. how it happened. Yes. That's how it's going down. I would love to know what the Google definition of padrino is. We will unanswered question this one for sure. There will be some more talk about padrinos. Okay, so when I came up with this concept of doing this uh, dinner table idea, I thought, well, like, how does it work? What's, the, how do we do it? And of course, you guys are the guinea pigs, so we're testing this. Do we all go out. eat at their house and then you and I talk about it without them the next right, day? Right, do we yeah. invite them over? Is that even possible? Right. And so with Monica and Ian, it seemed perfect to say we're going to do this two nights back to back. Right. Okay. And when we started talking about the, you know, the, the skeleton of what the episode would look like, I thought you really need to ask them what their best, tell us a dinner table story that doesn't have anything to do with us. It didn't have to do with the meal that we all had together. I think you said, be prepared to talk about one of your favorite, most recent meals or what is your most recent memory of your favorite meal? Yeah. And we looked at each other and was it Christmas or? Yeah, Christmas or New Year's. I'm not sure which it was. I uh, stumbled on a copy of uh, Godfather the Saga. Yeah. Uh, it fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> and um, so this is Godfather parts one and two cut together in chronological order with. It exists 20 feet behind you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On, on what medium? Is VHS. It? VHS, yeah. You see, <laughs> I, I can't play it in the house, but I own it. Um, <laughs> what is the goal? Like, what is the plan? Is it just the two of you? Well, no. This was Monica, me, and our kid, Matthew. It was Christmas. It was we Christmas. did a Godfather Christmas. Oh, my God. Well, The, the Godfather That's really cute. is a Christmas movie. It is. <laughs> um, uh, and so we, we do Clemenza sauce. What's that? Uh, the recipe is right in the movie, but uh, you take your... <laughs> well, I've watched you take, the movie, but I don't recall You fry that. up your garlic uh-huh. uh, and a little olive oil, 
you put in your sausage, your peppers, your tomatoes, your tomato paste. Keep, keep stirring so it doesn't stick. And sugar. That's yeah. my secret. And then, sugar. and then, now I remember that. This yeah. is him talking to Michael yeah, yeah. while they're what planning the hit on Solozzo. Right. Uh, so this is this is really when it becomes a movie about the tragedy of Michael that he he turns away from from being somebody who is going to to be his own person to being a tragic character. Are you cooking while you watch because you've got six hours ahead of you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And there's another charcuterie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's an all day event. Okay. <laughs> And we, Godfather, and, watching the Godfather saga is an all-day event. And yeah. this is Christmas Day. When do we come over next year? What? When does this exactly happen? <laughs> and we used to do it annually. Yeah, we used to do it every year. It wouldn't always be on Christmas. Is the uh, movie over when you eat, or are you you're eating at the end of? We're we're eating at the beginning, and it's it's really like a two meal uh, movie. You know, oh, it's seven God. and a half hours. Oh, sounds like a beautiful day. With uh, red wine, clemenza sauce, uh-huh. your your basic like a, a bunch of different pastas. I guess they they call it macaroni, but that's beautiful. I think that's incredible because the Godfather did, is the best movie ever made. We did a, a Godfather night. You made you made some pasta. I did. This has been a, several years ago now. I know because you don't like sure, red sauce. Um, yeah, I do. He's right. We do the sausage and peppers with the red sauce, but also if you notice in the Godfather, there's a constant theme of oranges. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we have cut up oranges with pistachios and uh-huh. this is well green thought apple. out. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> we don't go halfway. We're not basic. <laughs> they literally sent us a calligraphy invitation to dinner. Like, come on. <laughs> and then we retreated from dinner over to the couch and began really going deep on movies. And Ian has got the fancy TV set up where he's speaking into his remote control. He's Play the trailer TV. for Parasite. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> here comes the trailer for Parasite. And then we found out that Monica have uh, Monica and I have a uh, something in common in the horror movie thing. Share a shared aversion to horror. Yes, yes. But then you keep trying to convince her to watch different Mid- horror movies from I, throughout the year. I wanted to watch Midsummer and, and, and Hereditary. But, but definitely midsummer yeah because my thing because i know monica well enough to know i'm like this is like a hippie movie on drugs and there's so, uh, there's a there's a head that gets smashed so yeah you can handle it like <laughs> like you'll like the hippie movie on drugs part pretty good and then yeah. we show up and, and the first thing we do like let's talk about how we're going to incorporate this and make an episode out of it and monica says i, I have some notes and in, oh, yeah. in her notes, <laughs> and in a little while, we're going to do a table topics together. We're going to actually pull a question pull that a the card. four of us yeah. have not seen, but you had a table topics, Monica, that you brought to the party. Right. Every family, I believe, and you and I have this common thing about uh-huh. Joe Cotton's. Yeah. Joe Cotton's burned down. That's the barbecue place we've talked about. Right. And it just reminded me, I mean, Joe Cotton's was where my son had his first communion where we announce engagements. Yeah. I mean, it is part of the fabric of our lives. Yeah. And then it made me think about in Chicago, there's also a family restaurant where, I mean, my mother ate at this restaurant and then went into labor with my sister. Uh-huh. Like, it's just part of our family. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to know from Ian, what restaurant, it can't be only our family right. that has a restaurant that is almost considered a family member. Well, with me, I don't know. Uh, my family moved around so much when I was a kid that mm. we didn't have one restaurant. But was there like one meal? Like I remember there was a family reunion and everybody was really thrilled when your mom made shit on a shingle. Oh God, I love shit on a shingle. <laughs> I had my never mom made heard... shit on a shingle. Chip beef toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never heard. Yeah, and yeah. everybody was so excited. Well, so so in that case, the. That, that restaurant would be my mom's kitchen. Uh, she had certain <laughs> yeah. signature dishes. Also, my mother's parents, uh, their kitchen, like everybody everybody in, in her side of the family, it would travel up to Reader, Arkansas, this tiny town, and sit around smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. And my grandfather would get up every morning and make, make breakfast for everybody, biscuits and gravy mm-hmm. and sow belly, uh, salt pork. Sow belly. Mm-hmm. How, how do you serve yeah. that? Well, so you you take salt pork, you blanch it to get some of the some of the salt out, and then fry it up like bacon. Thinly sliced like bacon, or those big chunks that you see when you throw it into your black eyed peas. It's big chunks. Okay. This makes me think about a story that happened last night. I'm sorry, I I got off for a second. Um, about a goose penis. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there was discussion of, of several uh, types of livestock Sorry. penises. Yeah. Penis. Foul. Oh, it unrolls. That's a, yeah, it's, it's a corkscrew. <laughs> corkscrew, yeah. It's sort of like a, a pig penis. Uh, as, Sorry. Uh, as opposed to like a raccoon penis, which has a bone in it. Oh. I think we... We may have some unanswered... Can you look that up without, like, causing yourself missile so why harm? are 95% of the unanswered questions that are caused by your part of the conversation about penis? I mean, <laughs> that is the truth. That's not the truth. And, and we're trying to keep it classy tonight. Pedestrians. We, no, no. It was a dinner table conversation, and there was an unfurling of penises. <laughs> <laughs> that was after dinner. That... Yeah, that was, that was dessert. And, and a, word to the, a word to the wise, don't Google uh, goose penis. Oh, I, I was wondering. When did you move here? When did you move here, uh, Monica? When did you move to our, our area from Chicago? Uh, 1993. And, and even before I moved here, we would come back and visit every summer. And straight from the airport, we would go to Joe Cotton's. And Joe Cotton's is one of those places that, I mean, as far as this, like, yeah, just like you said, every family. My parents, we used to do a business Christmas party at Joe Cotton's and uh, had this big grand dining area with yes. two or three different rooms and the waiters, and the waiters in the red the... tuxedo tops and yep. Yep. the barbecue that came out on a... Butcher paper. Butcher paper. And guys that I would go eat there at lunch with that would say, this place sucks. They're not even going to bring you a real plate. I'm like, you don't Shut get up. it at all. You don't, yeah. you don't understand what's yeah. going on here. It hasn't been replaced as I mean, far I remember, as the special place in and town. And let's not forget, it was cash only, and there was a teller oh, machine yeah. right in the front door. You could get your money while you waited in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. there was always a line. Yeah. Oh, for so, sure. There if was you went a line. to dinner time and you weren't there for the earlier bird time type time period, it was a sometimes a two hour wait. Yeah. And you waited on the front porch swings. On the porch yeah. swings. Yeah. 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 Has, yeah. It Joe, has not it, been replaced. Yeah. So Joe Cotton was a, a huge personality in the community, and even as his sons kind of picked it up while he was still alive and helped out with it. My grandparents had a very tight relationship with Joe Cotton, even to the point of when my grandfather passed away, Cecil Cotton, the son, delivered an ice chest full of Joe Cotton's barbecue to our, our home. Oh, wow. But one of the, there's a couple of stories that always happen. One is that my grandmother and her cronies used to go to Joe Cotton's every Thursday. That was what they did we went every, every Thursday. Thursday. Yep. That was lunch. Were you one of her grandmother's we, cronies? No, we went every <laughs> Thursday evening. Yeah, every Thursday for lunch. They all got together. And no matter where I was in life, college or coming home with a new baby or whatever, I would, if I had a Thursday at lunch available, I went and had lunch at Joe Cotton's with the cronies, right? My grandmother would tell the story of how from the time I was little enough to be in a carrier on top of the table, that Joe Cotton would come around the table and hand me a spare rib and I would gnaw on a spare rib. My son was in a carrier on the table uh -huh. and he would get a rib. Yeah, exactly. And a, or a radish from the salad. Uh. And then my grandmother was a gardener like me. That's where, you know, I got it from, my grandmother's garden. And my grandmother would grow beautiful, big, beautiful red tomatoes. And Joe Cotton got a huge bag of big garden tomatoes sure. from my grandmother every single year. And Joe Cotton would give my grandmother some fresh grown corn because he would you know, put a set, like a, several acres into corn, into good, sweet corn. And so he would always, so they would trade. My grandmother had the tomatoes. Joe Cotton had the corn. And you and had so, a spare rib in your mouth. And I had a spare rib all my life. Did yeah. you, did your family grow up cooking at home mostly, Ian, or did y'all eat out much? So it sounds well, like Monica and Aislinn were at Joe Cotton's every other day. <laughs> yeah, no, my mother cooked a lot and depending on on where we lived and uh, at a, a certain point uh, we were pretty poor growing up and then my my father uh, started to become successful and then then we could go out and, and we ate some really nice places so I had the the opportunity as a child to be exposed to a lot of good food but but I, I never lost the taste for my mother's uh, cooking and and really yeah. even even some I like a bologna sandwich on white bread because you had that growing up right well, I, right it's, it's it's a flavor that you we mm -hmm. talk about the food that was made with love we talk about like my grandmother made the other grandmother not the gardener but she made a white bread ham sandwich that was the best the cheapest white bread that yeah would stick to the roof of your mouth but she would mix the mayonnaise and mustard together 
that was her specialty. And then, and it, and, and the other thing I learned was that she always had a really fresh loaf of white bread mm-hmm. and it was the Oscar Mayer ham. Like nothing special. American cheese. But your grandmother made it. It was delicious. Yeah. It was my, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We would, we would take a white bread, butter, sugar. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I have sugar sandwiches. That's 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 uh-huh. the reason why you changed your diet. Did y'all make homemade as, cinnamon as toast? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we did. In, in the oven? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I remember at one point when we were... <laughs> My folks did that. We were kids. We were living in, in an apartment in Houston. And the the neighbors didn't speak any English, but they they gave us homemade tortillas. Ooh, and, homemade and so, tortillas. So we'd have tortillas that's with butter, butter on sugar. them. Yeah. Mm. Homemade tortillas is a universal language. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for you. This came up two episodes ago. We were talking about tacos and making tacos, and I don't have a lot of taco making experience north of Houston. And the question was, are old El Paso taco shells and the like available nationwide? Old El Paso, yeah. In Chicago, like I don't know the brand, but but you can get taco shells, and you're and you're making tacos the same way up there. And when I say oh. making tacos the same way, I'm talking about like with a taco seasoning, like a McCormick's taco seasoning mix. Like, is that a nationwide thing? I think so. I just, I mean, I just prefer <laughs> I mean, I a different type of taco sad, shell. Though, that even though my last name is O'Keefe, yeah, uh-huh. please say it. No matter where I'm living, I am never going to disrespect my family. By buying a crispy taco shell. Okay, what are you going to do? From the grocery yeah, shelf what do you do? and a season packet. So oh, definitely you, yeah, not okay, a season okay, packet. So what are you oh, going no. to do? I'm yeah. going to find the neighborhood of my people uh-huh. and go buy local. And that's going to be a, a crispy taco shell? Do you or, fry or still? It's probably going to be either a homemade corn tortilla uh-huh. or um, the raw flour tortillas uh-huh. in yeah. a bodega or in a local... You know, and yeah. small. Do you will you fry your own like chalupas and tacos? I mean, I can, but not really. Just yeah, maybe for a special occasion, but it's more healthy and it's just as good just to steam it. Yeah, and they're soft. True. Now, uh, when I was a kid, my family at one point they had a business that went under, and they sold everything that we had, uh, bought a van, and drove us to Mexico, and we were there for months and months. So you lived in Mexico as a child. Yes. Oh wow. And and so I remember buying crispy tacos off the street and these women they would they would have like a it was a flat copper dish with a bowl in the middle that they would have like a can of sterno underneath to heat the oil. Uh-huh. And then they they would have homemade corn tortillas that they made and then they they put the meat in the middle and then they would fry it in the oil. Lord knows where this oil came from. <laughs> but uh I've Hardly ever had tacos uh, as good as that. Do you speak Spanish? Uh, un poquito. I have a job where I have to speak. You're learning uh, it more. Yeah. Uh, some or... Spanish. So I, I speak good bus Spanish. <laughs> if, if you need to know which which side of the bus station to be on, I can I can tell you that. I'm feeling embarrassed in my current position, but I have over the years, but even more so now that I am from South Texas, I've done all of the book Spanish and I speak no Spanish. And I know that it's so hard at this age to learn, but I really, really need to learn to speak Spanish. Donde está el baño? Do you, do you speak any? Un poquito. Un poquito. I can't even. I, I understand. Habla más mejor que yo. Yeah, yeah we, we did go to Mexico one time and, and uh, the dentist there uh, told her that she should take Spanish lessons from Have me. you got, did you go get dentist work in Mexico? It was eyeglasses. Eyeglasses. Okay. I want to go. I used to I, go get eyeglasses and pedicures and progresso. Nice. We used to go to Progresso once a month. Thank you. That was like going to Fredericksburg, but Thank instead you. you went to Progresso. Hello. And then they screwed up our borders. Thank and you. now, yeah, yeah. There went the fun. <laughs> On to other topics, huh? Did you tell us what your, your family dinner place was? It was uh, Joe Cotton's. It was King's Inn. I was going to oh, say, we had King's, King's Inn also. King's Inn. I had never been. Is it still in existence? It, it, it is, is, but it's, it's not it's as good as it was back then. Feeling. Yeah. It's, it's lost not, its love and It's feeling. nothing like it was. I have never been there. We used to get in the RV at Christmas and go over there, go, like drive, the whole family would drive to King, to Riviera and go to King's Inn. So there were, it, it sounds like the places were everyone's places. Okay. So our kids are 20 years older than they are now and they're having this conversation. Will they have the nostalgic love for these kinds of places that we took them to 
that we do or does that not exist the way that it is the surf club will be one for our kids executive surf club here in corpus christi will be one of those maybe even water street but surf club for sure i think for my son also Mm -hmm. because i mean sad as it is his second birthday was at surf club yeah but then um was it his 13th birthday that was at house of rock yeah, yeah, see how yeah, that's played into big it one. too. I think maybe that. And also, B and J's is become is was one of the places. B and J's on for all of the families. B and J's birthday there. Yeah, also. Yeah. So there's a couple, but ours are more. It sounds like ours are more like pizza places and like hamburger places, <laughs> rather than. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Monica, for bringing a, a table topics to the party. Yes. But now we're going to do it right. Ace and I, I demand that you pull a card from our table topics box that we have not seen. Not rehearsed. Okay, here's the question. When you receive two invitations at the same time, how do you decide which one to accept? Oh, uh, why must I choose? My mind requires more choose? data. So how I mean, do you handle it? I'm going to go to both one early and one later. No mm-hmm. event is only lasting an hour. And you're, and you're a personality that people want there. So you'll be there oh. when you're available to be there. Thank you. <laughs> what do you, what do you, how do you handle that one? I'll avoid both events uh, <laughs> until Monica uh, tells me to go ahead and put my boots on. I was actually oh, going to say. You'll just go where yeah. you're not told to go, but, but you'll let Monica make a decision like that. Yeah, she 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 makes those. There's got to be some type of event that you're going to say, hell yeah, I, I, that, I'm going to that. Yeah. If it's something that I want to do or if it's uh, somebody that's important to me, yeah. I'll, I'll break my... Antisocial. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, that's my answer, too. Like, I'll just get deeper in the couch. I, I just avoid all of I it. I refuse both. Yes. I. Oh, bullshit. We go out Let's be real. We do go time. out all of the time, but how often do we not? Because I go, nah, I think I'm real comfortable right here in the couch. Okay, so what this question is designed to do, because these questions all have a design, is to make you identify what attracts you to a social engagement over a different kind of social engagement. Yes. Uh, well, if I it's think a- for sure, I mean... Amongst the table, I think it's fair to say who's going to have the best food. Right. Who's have the best food. Yeah. Who's going to have not. How dressed and up do I have to get? And atmosphere. How yes. dressed up do I have to get is yes. really a big one for me. Yes. I mean, for real. Yes. I mean, I think anything at your parents' farm makes it worth the drive. Yes. Yeah. I think it's really going to be about. <sighs> And you're going to ask me, you're going to say, you sure you don't want to go? Because I'm going to go. I'm getting up to go right now. I'm going. I'm going. And I'm like, have fun. Bye. See you later. Aislinn has no FOMO. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, what's that? Uh, no fear of missing out. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, you've taught me that too. I used to have FOMO. Yeah, no. I used to have big FOMO. Yeah. I also There's like certain see parties and be that seen I just and I don't care about as much as I used to. Well, during the mayoral campaign, I just did oh, what you, you said. Is I just all. did it all. You I just I went all. to this one, I went to that one, and three different things, and was only there for ten minutes. See, and that's the other thing is that I, you know, I got to get comfortable. It's going to take me thirty minutes. If it's a big party with a bunch of people, it's going to take me thirty minutes to even get comfortable. A film event that will be difficult to duplicate, I'd be more eager to go to. A music, local music event that will be difficult to duplicate, oh, I'll be yeah. eager to go to. Yeah. But those are the three things that are really going to get me over something more than something else. The one that like always gets me off the couch is, man, that person always is always there for me. That person always shows up for me. I got to get up off the couch and get to that thing, you know? Well, we, right. we love Ian and Monica. We do. And we appreciate you being our guinea pigs for this experiment. I think yeah. we've got a couple of them already kind of lined up. Yeah, we have a few Guests, more coming up. Like, eat, yeah. uh, eat a meal and then talk about the so dinner. I am so disappointed that I didn't work the angle of starting something where you get invited to people's <laughs> houses for homemade meals. You're evil genius. <laughs> I'll get off the couch for that. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for pulling up a chair and joining us for Dinner Table Talks. You can always learn more and help us spread the word all across social media. Check out at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And for you Twitter users, at dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com or shoot us an email at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We look forward to hearing from you.